Pathcast. My name is Matthew Dawkins, and I am joined today by Dixie Cochran. <laughs> Matthew, we're going to do an intro and outro. We don't welcome them to the Onyx Pathcast in this part. Are we doing an intro and outro as well? We usually do for this if we're not all here. Uh, Are we I not? Thought, I Are just thought Eddie was out? having a week off. Sorry, Eddie, I mean, you're not Maybe you're that's not the case, and if so, I'm incorrect entirely. Hi, I'm Dixie Cochran, uh, here on the Onyx Pathcast with Jess Matthew and our guest, which I, I don't know. Can I don't even do, know how this can works. You, can you do a good impression of Eddie? I cannot. Well, give it a try, and Eddie Webb. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's rather that's rather rude of you, Eddie. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so Eddie, Eddie isn't with us. And this entire section may be edited out, but probably not, because we like to show you what kind of organized effort this this podcast venture is. Even if we do an intro outro, you have to leave this in, because this is this is good good podcasting. Every single time I host it goes well, as we know. And we're also joined <laughs> by Steffi Devan. Hey, you two. Hello. Hello. Yeah, welcome to uh, the end of civilization, as far as podcasts are concerned. <laughs> uh, welcome back, I should say. Yeah, second time. Second time, and this time you're here to speak about uh, a particular game that you've been working on for, well, I guess, how many months has it been now? Has it, it may have even been longer. I think it's close to a year, because um, things happened in that period that slowed things down so it might actually be yeah by now yeah but we yeah, didn't we announce legend lore like last summer yeah or last midwinter so yeah yeah I, I i legit i legit because life hit me in the face like life often does and then everything slowed to a crawl but we're back uh and the book is currently in editing so you know last push looking good yeah, that's very exciting. Because well, uh, Legend Lore is, uh, well, it's a brand new game for Onyx Path, brand new game in general. I don't believe there's a previous edition by any other company, is there? No, no, it's, uh, so... it's the very first edition. It's, uh, it's based on the Legend Lore comics. I think, I think technically they might originally have been the Realm comics, and then later they branched into the Legend Lore comics. Um, but they're based on that, and it's the very first time somebody's made an RP of that. So that's very exciting. Mm, well, I guess for the listeners who may not be familiar with Legend Lore, uh, can you provide the synopsis of what this game entails? Okay, so in the Legend Lore comics, uh, there's a group of four friends, two, two boys and two girls, and uh, they go to, I think it's a vacation home uh, of the family of one of them. They're all... Their age is not exactly determined. I'm going to guess either high school or um, uh, college, probably college. Uh, and they go to, to a vacation home that the family of one of them owns. And they find an old box belonging to an uncle of one of them. And they open the box and the box zaps them into the realm, which is a fantasy world. Um, and the amazing thing is that they arrive there. And they meet goblins, and one of them literally says, oh my god, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and the thing is, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so, they, Very meta. so they go there, and one of them, uh, the jock, discovers that he's now stronger and fitter, because he turned into the fighter. And uh, the clever bookish one discovers he's now a wizard. And then uh, one girl discovers she's a cleric. And then uh, the fourth one gets abducted by an evil dragon and discovers she's a sorcerer. 
Um, but the comic is basically about their adventures in this new world and how they're going to get home and how they're going to find their party member who was abducted by an evil dragon um, and these grand adventures. And uh, what we're doing with the with the role playing game is um, we're keeping that part. So it's literally if if the three of us were playing a game, we would all be zapped into the realm, and we would be Dixie the Warlock, and um, Matthew <laughs> the Bard, and uh, oh, Steffi the I don't know sorcerer maybe two bards. Other part, yeah. we'd, we'd be so low. On we're, we're a very magically inclined. So low party. on physical. I just fighters. like how you two get to be. I just like how you two get to be. You know, creative bar types and stuff. He's like, and Dixie made a pact with a demon, and I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> that's probably what would have happened. A with a bat, a bat demon. Yeah. Yes, I mean that that actually happens. Yeah, sure. So sure, that's exactly it. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I, and you can change uh, your your physical um, uh, appearance, but also what kind of a uh, we we don't call them races in legend law. We call them people. So you could change your people. Like mm-hmm. I am uh, Matthew knows this. He met me in person. I'm very short, um, so I might be a harefoot, which is like the halfling of the setting. To put it in D and D terms, that more people would know. Um, Whereas Matthew would be, I don't know, a troll or something really big. And we're only what? five minutes in. But can I derail this for one minute? Go ahead. I saw a picture of you from the UK Games Expo, uh-huh. I think, with like everybody else. And this whole time, as long as I've known you via the internet, I just thought you were tall. Like you just give off like tall energy. I don't know what it is. And so this whole time I thought you were very tall. And then I saw a picture of you compared to everybody else. And I was like, Steffi's like my I'm height. Super tiny. Steffi's How tiny. tall are you? How tall are you? I'm five one. Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, I don't know what that is in meters. Matthew, quickly <laughs> convert. Well, yeah, I, I should be the dividing line I mean, here. I mean, shouldn't your, I, because... your bridges—they—they've got feet there, but you're also Both, European. Apparently. So, okay, so I think I might be. So five... you want to know what five foot one is yeah, in exactly. meters? Now I want to know who's short. I—I I looked it up. I, I am. 1.549 and a bunch of other digits meters. Yeah, I am four centimeters taller than you are. What? What? Six well, centimeters according to my passport. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is what people tune into the okay, Onyx so, Podcast so Dixie for. and I are both <laughs> I was curious. Hair feet. <laughs> I was curious. Okay. It was important to me. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 it's it's fine, it's fine. Uh, and so, we would have a couple of halflings, apparently, and a troll. I'm apparently a troll <laughs> in this setting. Yes. Actually, You're a troll well, on the internet, okay, okay, so... Okay. Oh. Honest, honest moment, but I will never repeat this. I was originally going to have you as an elf, but I didn't want to flatter your ego, so... I went with troll. Well, yeah, you've already you've already classified me as a as a bard, and as a creative type, I thought my ego was quite mm. puffed up yeah. already. So, troll was a good way of cutting it's me back down to size. But good thing is, well, you can cut my legs off; they'll just grow back. They they do actually. I think we we our trolls have a minor regenerative capability. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So I think in the end, I win. <laughs> uh, we can we can end this uh, interview okay, here. We're done. But no, yeah, it's um, we're done. So, uh, there's an awful lot that's reminiscent from Legend Lore, then, that people are going to attach to things like the D&D cartoon, uh, to Chronicles of Narnia, the idea of 
ordinary people being transported to a fantasy realm, uh, the realm in this yeah. case. So what is it that differentiates legend lore from, from those other uh, mediums? Well, it comes with a really rich background because of all the comics, I think. We, we, we based the, the uh, RPG on the first 21 issues, um, but I think there's 40 or 50 of them. Uh, you can get them on drive-through comics if anyone's interested. Um, so it comes with this really rich world uh, that we like a lot, uh, that we pull from. Um, and what we explicitly did is say that this world is very welcoming to all people. Um, so, so to the realm, it's it's very common. We we explicitly said that we have our elves come in all uh, skin colors. Uh, our hair feet, our halflings, come in all skin colors, just like people would do. We don't want to. Uh, so we wanted to leave some of that cultural baggage that you sometimes get in D and D behind to just say people come in all colors, they come in all genders, they come in all sexualities, and in the realm. That is explicitly accepted and expected. So mm -hmm. you can just be yourself. You can just be there and you don't have to worry about any of the bullshit that you might have to deal with here on Earth. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm really excited about because, you know, I, I my friends are like, I am, a disclaimer, I am a cis white woman, but a lot of my friends are not. And um, I explicitly wanted to make a game where they could just be welcome and be themselves and maybe, I don't know, try things out. I think that's really important because, like, you can go up against other, you know, problems and dangers in the world that aren't racism. Yeah. Like, I think it's weird that a lot of fantasy settings have that, like, kind of just built into how these things are. Like, oh, it's just how things are. Like, elves and dwarves don't like each other. That's strange. <laughs> And then, like, I mean, we have we have some of that. We have a lot of, of societal issues that we put into Exalted, but they're pretty much explicitly framed as like the society isn't great, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. What what always strikes me is when people come in with historical accuracy. I was like, uh, uh, two right? You can't have two mm -hmm. women married to each other and be queens. How would the bloodline continue? And I'm like, first of all. Two women does not necessarily mean you have two wombs on the throne. Uh, and even if right. that was the case, there are ways you can have children. But also, we have dragons and trolls. We can have two queens. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that's always that's always the uh, I guess the big argument decider, isn't it? <laughs> the fact that well, if we can accept that dragons and zombies and the like exist, I think we can stretch our imagination to having two uh, yeah. two queens. Even to uh, like most of our listeners know that I I read Regency romance novels as my like escapism, and like I do read pretty much explicitly feminist Regency romance novels because that's who I am as a person. But um, every now and then somebody will get up in arms because like one of the characters and one is a person of color and they're like, they couldn't have been in high society. And I'm like, there were also only nine dukes at any given time for the most part. And there's like 58 dukes running around. So why is that okay? <laughs> but like, this isn't, you know? So yeah, it's 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 really weird how people are willing to suspend their disbelief for some things. But then when it becomes an issue, often an issue of either sexism, gender, racism, whatever, people are like, mm, historical accuracy. And I'm like, you might want to examine that a little closer. Yeah, and so so going back to the uh, 
to the comics briefly because they have um, a, a queen mm-hmm. in one of their countries. Kara uh, Hill is a matriarchy, and it passes from one queen to the next, and um, which I love. We did explicitly say that you don't have to be born assigned female to be a queen, um, but it passes from one woman to the next. Cool. Um, so, so it is. So the the that that's built into the setting already. We just pulled it more to the forefront. Like, oh, um, and they have at one point a king and a queen in Ardonia. And uh, it's never explicitly mentioned, but if you read the comic panels and watch their body language, it kind of feels like she is um, the more important factor in their relationship. Uh, we don't know if that means that she's the one who mm-hmm. inherited the throne and he's the consort or vice versa. We do know, actually. Uh, we Well, we don't know, but we, we had to come up with one of them, one or the other for the RPG. Um, or if it's personality, right. but but the whole equality when it comes to genders was already built in, um, and then we added uh, explicitly the fact that all skin colors are equally diverse, uh, and from there it's a small step to saying all uh, sexualities are welcome and diverse. So so we just we opened that up, but uh, but the basis of it is built into the comics, so that's really cool too. Like we didn't just make that up for the for the for the RPG; it's in there. We just pulled it more to the forefront. So so if there so I assume there's uh, elves that are going to be indigenous to this setting. So as an example, if you were pulled through from let's say through a portal through a magical object and you appeared as an elf. Uh, would there be any kind of prejudice against you for not being, I guess, naturally born an elf? Is there any kind of, uh, I guess, any kind of societal uh, pressure there? Because this is, this is uh, actually a very interesting discussion, something that doesn't often come up in D&D, uh, but it's something that uh, could come well, up here. Well, the thing is, people cross from uh, the Earth to the realm. It doesn't happen a lot. But it happens often enough uh, that all the people of the realm have at least heard of it. Like, oh, that is a thing that sometimes happens. Um, so you will come out, you'll look like an elf or a troll or a hair food. And uh, initially people are going to assume, because it's so rare, that you are from there. But then they talk to you and they'll probably figure out pretty quickly, like, oh, mm. you don't know anything about actually being an elf. So then they'll figure it out. Um, but no, no, that's just part of it happens. People sometimes fall through the worlds because um, the realm as a whole sits on an unstable nexus. Uh, the comics have crossovers with like uh, zombies and demons, which unfortunately we couldn't get because of um, IP issues, because those were crossovers with other comics that we don't mm-hmm. have the license to. Uh, but it is established in the comics that the realm sits on an unstable nexus of reality. Um, so... It happens, yeah, that people fall through and they're just really glad that you're a nice person looking like an elf and not a zombie trying to eat their face. <laughs> and, um, and they will they will help you with things like, oh, you need to go to Ardonia because they have a huge library and they will know more and they might tell you how to get home. Um, so, yeah, so it's a, it's it's a not super common, but common enough that people aren't going to be freaked out by it. Hmm. So you said, like, help you get home. Is that... Like, 
ever the object of the game or is there just like an optional like that could be your object but your object could also just be to like become the queen of this realm or become a really powerful wizard or whatever yeah well, marry the queen of this realm she's a good looking woman but, um, <laughs> um uh so the thing is because we we brainstormed that and i was one of the people who said like yeah but if, if i fell through to narnia as much as i would love it um, or if I fell through to the realm as much as I would love it, I would want to get home. Right. I have a family here that I want to get back to. So how do we solve that? Uh, and we came up with, it's in the in the GM chapter mostly, uh, with uh, the divergence of time that um, we don't know. Uh, the, the How much time passes here compared to how much time passes in the realm isn't fixed. Right. So you can do the old, you can spend years there and go back and it's been five minutes. Or you could do, if you spent years there and you go back, it's been years. But um, to let the group decide that also means that the pressure on how badly do we want to get home is either on or off. If you go in and somebody tells you, oh, don't worry, you could spend decades here and then you go back home and everything is like you left it five minutes ago, then you obviously, you know, the pressure to go home is way less. Mm-hmm. And if somebody tells you, yeah, no, we've heard from visitors and they went back and years had passed in the real world, then obviously. So that is something that we handle in the GM chapter where we basically tell the GM, sit your group down, discuss if your focus is going to be go home or if your focus is going to be defeat the evil dragon or you know, marry the queen of Carahill or tear down the wall around Ardonia. Um, and then based on the goal, you decide what the time is um, and and how quickly people want to get home. But yeah, we explicitly built that in because that was one of the things we came across in brainstorming. Like, if you really want to pretend you're you in this world, uh, then you need some sort of control over the passage of time. Right. That's really cool because, like, you, you, you can play it like you're, you know, fairy stories, changeling stories, whatever, where you're gone for a hundred years and you come back and nothing changed. Or you actually can really do it like, you know, pressures on your family probably misses you etc yeah yeah that was actually the thing and we even came up with if you absolutely can't and this is also our what if i die mechanic you can um you can there are quests the the comics have that where you can resurrect and then you come back slightly wrong like with fewer memories and then people go on a quest to help fix you so that is one option but the second option and also the option that we gave to people who were like yeah but i can't imagine being away in a different realm and not being just incredibly homesick is um that you can be uh the alternate you which is um uh, steffi if she had studied psychology instead of culture and who hmm. maybe has a different life that allows her to travel more freely. Uh, so yeah, so so we and that's in the player chapter. But we explicitly built all of that in because we do want the immersive experience of yeah, but I'm I'm me. I'm actually me in this realm, without um, baggage that you may not want to bring. So uh, that's that's completely up to the player and the GM. Uh, I like that. I, I was going to uh, veer on to mechanics, but if there was something uh, else setting-wise you were going to ask Dixie, please feel free. Yeah, that was my other question for you, was, you know, that's, yes, it is very, very cool to play yourself, um, and I, I think that's an awesome thing you can do. Like, whenever I play video games, I tend to try to make avatars look like me if I can, etc. But what if you just really don't want to play yourself? You can just play any human character starting if you really want to, right, Steffi? Well, the idea is that you play yourself, but like like I said, you can play alternate selves. So uh, you can simply make up a new Dixie. 
see how you like that. Right. So it could be like myself, but a boy and into math instead of English. Yeah, or exactly. Something, if yeah, I really like, wanted to. Yeah, like me, but a boy. Me, but I studied something different. Me, but that bad thing never happened. You know, me, but I won the lottery. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I was just curious because I know that some people use role-playing games as almost like a way to escape their daily lives. Yeah. Um, and yes, the actual adventure, you get to escape your daily life. But I just wonder if some people might have more fun or might just prefer playing as more of a made-up type human. So that. Yeah. That all makes sense. Just like alter a few things, and yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. So this game uses the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition system. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's uh, it uses the open game license. And uh, how? Uh, so with that in mind, how compatible would you say it is with other D and D settings, uh, other OGL settings? Uh, so, for instance, if I wanted to transfer my characters from Legend Lore over to play a game in the Forgotten Realms or Scarred Lands, that would be a good example, wouldn't it? Uh, how feasible is that? Uh, it is. Well, the Scarred Lands, I think, uh, come with a disclaimer that their characters are more powerful than the average. So mm. if you cross over to the Scarred Lands, uh, you would either have to up the Legend Lore character. or. But yeah, the idea is that it's completely compatible. Um, we do. We did change a couple of things. Um, I can go into that. Um, but but the idea is, yeah, you can just uh, pick it up and you can actually use uh, classes from uh, the core books in Legend Law. That should be doable and fine. Excellent. So so uh, do tell. What is it that you okay. changed? Well, uh, we changed a couple of things. Uh, first is the races. We decided we because um, uh, in the Legend Law comics they establish at one point that uh, uh, a human and an elf, uh, they're in love, and then somebody mentions uh, that they won't be able to have children because they are not biologically compatible. They are biologically compatible to have sex, but not to have babies. Um, so we thought about that, and we were like, yeah, but then you're not talking that that is a different species more accurately. And, you know, there's some baggage with the races in d and I won't go into that right now, but it gave us an opportunity. We were like, okay, so what if we simply drop that and call them people? Uh, they're all people, the elves and the dwarves and the humans, we called them people. And, um, and we wanted to move away from uh, the idea that if you're an elf, you're always, what is it, dexterity and charisma or dexterity and wisdom? You're always quick and you're always clever. And we wanted yeah. to move away from that's, that. That's something else that's always confused me in D&D is it's like not every human person in our world has the exact same two things they're good at which is why humans I guess get you know plus one do a yeah. couple different ones but like why do we assume that every single orc is good at these two things or everything also well, why do you play a half orc and an orc like there's so many questions yeah, I have okay. about about some of the D&D like you know races in, in, in quote marks species more accurately but yeah like not all elves are charismatic. Like, I want to play an elf that's really not charismatic. I want to play a really rude elf. Like, it would just be yeah. funny, you know? But, like, the game almost won't let you. <laughs> yeah, so, so what we did is we said it was a, it's a cultural bonus and not an innate bonus. So um, the trolls, the Brisen trolls, for example, they live in the north and they are uh, a trader community. So they have a cultural bonus on constitution because they're used to living in really hard conditions and on charisma because they're traders. 
but it's explicitly cultural, which means that maybe you are the one that didn't pick up on that. Uh, maybe you were raised differently. Maybe you were raised in the South, because we do have um, people move in the realm, just like they do on Earth. Um, so you you have a cultural bonus, which you can take, but you can also drop it and then take a class bonus instead uh, and simply go, yeah, I don't fit this mold. I, I am I am not hardy and I am not charismatic. Or And, and then you take, a, you take a class bonus instead. So we wanted to... Because it is odd, isn't it? That like all elves are charismatic. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we removed that, and it's now it's a cultural bonus which you might or may not have depending on your natural skills and how you were raised. Because that's that's all it is. That's it's not innate. So we wanted to yeah we wanted yeah. to open that yeah. up so you can take a class bonus. And I'm considering. Um, it's not in the version that is currently into editing, but I thought about this yesterday. I haven't told Eddie yet, so Eddie, if you're listening, surprise. <laughs> we have adoption. Uh, the, the realm comes with adoption. Uh, so you might have a, a dwarf and an elf married to each other and they adopted a harefoot daughter. Um, and I was thinking, if you're a, if you're a harefoot adopted by an elf, then you might have the cultural bonus of the elves. Mm-hmm. So we might put that then as a third option. So you can take uh, the cultural bonus of your people, the cultural bonus of uh, the people who raised you, if that's two different people, uh, or your class bonus. All your examples... You, you get to pick and choose. Yeah, all, all your examples are so funny right now because like, I, I resurrected my D&D character that I talked about before on this podcast for a game that Rich ran at Save Against Fear, where I just was with, with Eddie and Rich, everybody. And like, I play a halfling raised by dwarves. Like that's that's her backstory, and uh, yeah. I mean there's there's more to it, but that's that's part of it. And one of the things that I always wondered when I was creating her that I've, I've never really asked a GM about was like, can I take dwarven bonuses instead of halfling bonuses? Because if I was raised by dwarves from a baby, then it makes sense that like, you know, I would have some of their bonuses because they taught me the things that were important to them culturally. So yeah, yeah, oh, but that's what I want. So yeah, Eddie, you you had Dixie say it. It's a good idea. Yeah, um, that's that's what I want. Yeah, actually, and in the I I, I played it in the UK Games Expo, and um, uh, Legend Law also accepts uh, polyamory. Uh, not necessarily that all people practice that, but it's well, people do that. Um, and uh, in the in the demo game, I had a harefoot girl who had a mom who was an elf and a mom who was a dwarf and a dad who was an elf. And and she was just like, yeah, that's my other mom. Yeah, you're telling me you you don't have two moms. That's that's weird, dude. Um, but yeah, so so we wanted to go like, it's 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 accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. But yeah, so in, in your case, you would have the dwarven bonus because that's how you were raised. Right. That's cool. So, what constitutes evil? in the legend law setting, in the realm? Uh, what kind of forces are at work to prevent your characters from doing what it is they want to do? Um, so, well, one of the interesting things that we found uh, is that legend law might work on the chaos versus law axis just as much as uh, good versus evil. Um, so that's one thing, thing that we explored because we have a lawful good nation in Ardonia 
and we have a lawful evil nation in uh, Drome. And they made an alliance with each other that essentially Adonia built a wall around itself and Drome wouldn't cross the wall, so Adonia would be safe, but then Adonia shouldn't interfere with, you know, if Drome happened to invade any of these other countries outside of the wall. Which, you know, yeah, that's dodgy. Um, so so in the GM chapter, we have uh, suggestions on how to run it as chaos versus law instead of good versus evil. Uh, but if we're going back to good versus evil, uh, then uh, the big evil in the world currently is uh, uh, the evil dragon. Uh, he is uh, secretly a dragon. Uh, he, he pretends to be a, a human. I, I don't think many people are fooled by it, but he pretends to be a human. He is the ruler of a nation called Drome. And uh, what we explicitly did is say that Drome is not an evil nation. They are a nation like any other. They had the extremely bad luck of um, being conquered by an evil creature who is essentially their ruler now. And he does what all evil people do. He invades other nations. And um, he, in the past, started a war to the south and uh, they kicked him back. So now he is starting a war in the north, uh, which is the obvious evil. But then there is the, I'm not saying it's evil, but perhaps the dodginess of knowing he's invading the north and going, well, you know, that's not us. Mm -hmm. We're in the south. Should we go to war with him to save a nation that isn't our people? Um, so that's that's evil, but we wanted to do um, we wanted to to make it not exactly black and white to go. Yeah, there are very legitimate reasons why you're going to let him invade the north and hope that that's the end of it. But you know, historically proven, histor historically speaking, people who yeah. invade one country oh, usually yes. don't stop there. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, so. So that is that is the current tension. Legend law comes with a huge backstory right. of uh, wars with the undead. Uh, but the immediate evil is this is this rule of Drome, who's currently invading the north, and the north um, is is trying to fight him off. And uh, um, interestingly enough, the north comprises of I think at the top of my head it's thirteen different nations um, who work together, um, and they are currently riding to each other's um, to each other's rescue, which I think is a powerful image. So they are they are going all in to save each other. Uh, meanwhile, the people in the mm -hmm. south are going, yeah, but that's the north. I mean, right? We're fine. Uh, so that's the immediate evil. And then we have demons awakening and plague demons awakening. And we've got undead. And uh, we have Nazis. So, you know. Those are in there too. As in, as in yeah. actual so, uh, human Nazis who have been zapped yeah. over to this world, or, or no? We have a, we Nazis have a couple from of the human uh, human cultures who got zapped over into the realm. We've got uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name, uh, Budicha, uh, the the Celtic queen. Oh, Bo yeah, uh, Boadicea Boadice or Boudicca, depending on... Boudicca, that's how I've always heard it Roman said. Legion. We have got uh, people from uh, Tibet. They're dotted over. And we also have a Thule expedition that crossed over. Um, um, and the funny thing... Well, it's not funny. But the thing that we did is um, there's a, a land of undead creatures 
they are, they live in the far, let me get it, uh, west. They live in the far west near a mountain range. Um, and uh, the Thule expedition ended up even further west. So you've got the Thule expedition people, a land of undead, and then the rest of the realm. And um, we actually put in, like, if there's anything good the evil, foul, undead ever did, it was stand between the Nazis and the rest of the decent world. Um, but yeah, so we have those, and that's uh, a thing you know people can explore. We, we wanted to do several human civilizations. We wanted to put them in there, and uh, some of them are good. Uh, some of them are a mixed bag, and then these are extremely, extremely evil. They are in there, but we put them. We specifically put them far off behind the undead, so that if you don't want to bother with them, you don't have to. But you know. Hmm. But if you want to be a wizard exactly. shooting fireballs in the faces of Nazis, you can also do that exactly. in that game, yeah. which is like, kind of cool. I'm done with this politics and gray area stuff. I just want to meet a couple of people who are evil and fight them. Then, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that you can do that. Also, because of the interdimensional stuff, I guess you have kind of license to put anything in this game if you really want to, like as a, as a DM. Like if you really would like to, you know import people from a certain culture or import you know a like strange alien creatures yeah, or something could, else could, like you yeah. could do they don't that. have to be from earth everything that we used is from earth but technically speaking if it's uh, since it's on a nexus of reality you could put everything in there uh, and, and it's funny that you said different cultures because uh, looking at the when i read the comics looking at the art i was absolutely going like oh this is england this is france this is um this is either china or japan depending on which panel I looked at. Um, and we explicitly made that part of the of the, um, of the setting. So uh, either people from early Earth came to the realm and saw these French-type architecture and then went back and copied it, or people from the realm from France came there and inspired architecture. But they have, um, they have a cathedral. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that's Notre Dame. It's... Basically, that's it. Um, so, and we drew on that while writing. We were like, so we have wine in the France-inspired nation, and uh, a lot of rain in Britain. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, I. Th- yeah, exactly. Of course, rain in Britain. <laughs> As if I needed to be reminded of that. No. If I want to escape to a fantasy no. world, <laughs> I don't want to take the weather with me. Rain, rain, and Matthew the <laughs> exactly troll bard. That. No, I actually, <laughs> actually, actually, top, top of I go, my head, a great actually, and I, 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 I'm very hesitant to bring this up, but I will. I think uh, the the nation that visually looked like Britain is the one that walled itself off from the rest of the realm. So. Yeah, I just. Oh, how topical! Oh no! Yeah, let's move on. Moving on. Yes, let's well, at least said about happen. that, the better, right now. Oh. Let's. Uh, we'll... <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh. Shall, I, shall I go on with mechanical oh, no. things? Another thing we did that I'm really enthusiastic about is we gave everyone a legend. So you cross over, and you become uh, Dixie, the hair food warlock, but you also gain a legend. And um, you can either make one up during, you know, character preparation, or you can just uh, leave it be. The, the the pre-made games that we have for conventions and stuff don't have a legend attached to the characters. Uh, so you can 
play without one and just um, as the game develops make one up but your legend would be like um, Lady of Bats or Lady of Dragons or Avatar of Peace um, yeah we're... so you come up with a legend uh, we we give I think five we have five pre-made legends in the book but because it's so personal to what is your game going to do and what do you want to do you should probably make your own um so you have a legend and then every time you either work towards your legend or you were hindered by your legend you get a legend point which you can either keep to yourself selfishly or put in the communal group legend pool and you can use those points uh physical tokens i'm hoping um uh, to get advantage on a role or to introduce a narrative element like oh we're prisoners but Ah, remember that cute girl I went out with yesterday? Okay, so she happens to be working the guard shift today. So I know her, and she likes me. And you introduce that as a narrative element, and then the DM, uh, you know, takes it from there. Um, but you get you get legend points, and you can also use them for an advantage on on a role, mm-hmm. any role. I think it's a, I think it's on attack saves or skills. So anything but damage rolls. Um, but I'm, I'm, I really like that because um, it, it allows you to kind of broadcast to, uh, firstly, it indicates that you are, you're larger than life in the realm because it's something that does happen. You, if you cross over um, weirdness, mm. you, you, destiny attaches itself to you. But it also lets you um, really focus as a group of what kind of a story do we want to tell? Like, if you want to break the wall around Ardonia, that might be your legend. But obviously, you shouldn't choose that if that's not going to be your game. So uh, it, it, it forces and also facilitates communication between the group in going, what's the kind of story that we want to tell? And then you select a legend based on that. So um, I really like that. And I love tokens, like every game uh, where I have a say in the in the design, I I'm always like, have you considered tokens? Life is better with tokens. Ask your doctor if tokens are right for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was able to to introduce them here, and I think they work really well. I especially like the idea of introducing a narrative element because I, I like that combined storyteller that you can do as a group with your GM when you're like you, you're not saying she's gonna let you out. But you are saying she likes you, and then you take it from there, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's part of I... why it's fun with the uh, the the fortune bowl, and you know, in in Pugmire, where it's kind of like inspiration, but it works for the whole table. Yeah. Um, that's that's always a really cool mechanic, and part of the reason it's cool, you know, talk about you know tokens is like someone does something funny and cracks the whole table up, or someone does some really good role playing, and watching whoever's running Pugmire just like throw a token into the bowl yep. is, is fun yep. like it's a it's it, it it really does feel like you're you know some kind of dog getting a treat you're like oh i did i did yep. a good thing go me <laughs> i have a treat yeah. now have, having a tangible reward for role play is you know even if it's something as simple as a token or playing a card or whatever your game happens to be it always has a great deal more impact i feel uh, obviously it's something that is more difficult to do online although there's plenty of facilities with things like roll 20 now where you can have things flash up on the screen. Uh, but I think at the table, yeah, uh, you, systems with tokens, with, as you say, the Fortune Bowl, really bring a game to the next level. 
So yeah, kudos to to having a yeah. system in the game that actually rewards role play in a in a yeah. physical way. And, uh, one thing we did do is that the GM also gets uh, tokens, um, uh, or, or they can uh, get tokens. No, wait, the GM doesn't get tokens. I'm making that up. Okay, I should brainstorm that, Eddie. I will get back to you if the GM should get tokens. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's gonna hear this episode <laughs> and be like. Steffi rewrote the game. Every time he'll be going, what? It's an editing. In that that way, he does. (laughs) That was actually a good Eddie impression. (laughs) Thank you. I can do one word Eddie impressions. (laughs) (laughs) But if I string those words together, who knows what power I might Oh, yeah, you should should give all of us raises. Is Eddie in a position to do that? (laughs) Oh, no. No. Okay, Matthew, work on your Richard impression. Uh, I could, I could belt out a rich now, um, but I won't. Uh, so, <laughs> hi, Rich. I hope you're listening. Rich, Rich listens every Friday, from what I understand. He does. I, I cannot impersonate you, Rich. Any, any rumors to the contrary are malicious gossip. We can impersonate him on the blog if we really wanted to, because you get to pick which name posts the blog. Yes, because uh, because what I've done because I do not have an account on our Monday meeting blog or you know, our our Onyx Path website. So when I've done the Monday meeting notes a couple times that I've done them because Rich has been gone, I've 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 posted them as Rich or or Eddie because I mm. I have to pick somebody. Um, and sometimes I think about posting as like some of the the stranger names on there that don't post on the blog anymore. <laughs> <laughs> as if sabotage has occurred. But yes, that is the one place where I technically can post as rich oh. if I really want to. I, I don't, but I can. So mm-hmm. so I've got a question for you, Steffi. Based on... Uh, so in fact, I know you have been doing this as well. Uh, both you and I have been developing yeah. V5 books. And that means we've been working with uh, license, and that is also the case with legend law. Uh, how have you found working with someone else's playground, essentially, um, having to develop someone else's tools with certain restrictions uh, and well, certain guidelines? Um, on legend law, it's been it's been pretty amazing, actually, because um, uh, the the comics. Uh, it's a very visual medium, right? So you've got a comic, and then if you would ask me like what was the story we would be done uh, quickly but it takes a, an entire comic because we have all this visual information packed into there um, but what that also meant is that uh, there was a lot unsaid but on the page things like oh this looks like France or this looks like Britain um, or England uh, more accurately um, so we um, and and things like uh, they've got white unicorns which is um, an all female militia, and they get recruited at a very early age. Um, and then we were stuck with how how does that work? Because these white unicorns are a force for good. Uh, it's very it's a great honor if you are one. But how does that work in a society where you might turn over your young children to? People who you know are going to grow up to fight major problems, physically fight them, and possibly die. Like, how does that affect you? And and the comics don't go into that because that is not the story they're telling. But we went into that, and um, the license holder was just like, "Yeah, you can yeah. do that. You can absolutely go ahead. You can go ahead." 
Um, so, so they were incredibly supportive. Uh, and every time when we were like, so the comic doesn't uh, doesn't have black elves. Are you okay if we explicitly say that elves come in all skin colors? I'm like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and do that. We want you to do that. So they were really supportive in everything we wanted to do. So that was amazing. I didn't communicate with them myself. Matt did, Matt McElroy. Um, but from what every, every time I asked something, it came back with, yeah, you can do that. So that was really good. Uh, they were really supportive. They gave us all the comics to read, which um, a lot of my authors had a blast with. So, so no, it was a really good experience. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, they had a booth. Uh, like, Caliber Comics overall had a booth at Dragon Con this past year. And Eddie and I stopped by and just, you know, said hi, said like, hey, we don't... Like, we are not directly involved right now, but we are working on this game, you know, where we're from Path. And they were super nice and very excited. And I don't know if it ever ended up anywhere because I haven't searched for it. But they, they, like, you know, took a picture of me and Eddie in front of the sign, like, this whole thing. And uh, just everyone that I've seen communicate from Calibur has been very, yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, that was my so. experience, too. They're really supportive and very kind. So, no, that's um, that's been amazing, especially because it is a new role-playing game. So we were able to, if you work on, on Vampire, um, a lot has been established. Uh, admittedly, V5 is a big shake-up, but still, it comes with four big editions with a lot of information and a lot of background and a lot of fan expectation. Um, and you do need to work within those confines. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have that hair. We could just, we were, we're the first doing this. So we could do whatever we wanted as long as the IP holder was okay with it. And the IP holder was incredibly supportive. So as we are coming to the close of our deep dive, uh, unless, and you may have already mentioned it, but if so, come up with something new quick. What is it that most excites you about? Okay. Actually, this is going to be double-headed. What is the most thing... I'll, I'll learn how to speak What excites you the most about developing Legend lore? Um, so uh, the developing part would be uh, coming up with the basis of what we wanted to do. Uh, and I say basis, but I, I went into a pr- pretty fair amount of detail. And then letting the individual authors just run with it because they all came up with amazing stuff. Um, like, uh, for example, in the comics, we have a mind lock. It's if you cast too many spells, uh, then your mind stops working. And this can be a pretty bad thing. It's bad enough that sometimes people trick other people into casting spells for them because they are terrified of getting all that backlash. Um, so uh, in my outline, I was like, this is a thing. It's bad. It's called mind lock. The fancy in-game name is Menthroak. And I need you to design that. Go, Travis. Travis is also the Scotland's uh, developer. And he ran with that. It, it's amazing. Now we have a system where you can... And it's actually fun, because in the comics, it's not fun. It's just one of the things that fucks you over. Um, but what Travis did was he, he made a system where you can choose um, to empower your spells with a spontaneous matter magic feat like subtle spell or careful spell and then while you do that you get menthroak points and then in combat when the combat is over or outside of combat after the spell effect ends you tally all of your menthroak points and then bad things happen to you potentially very bad things happen to you uh, like up to start making death saving throws or up to don't bother with the death saving throws um but he designed that in a way that's really fun because it allows you to pack a punch 
but you're creating problems for future you, which I'm a huge fan of. I think that's a perfect way to lead your life. It's just to kick that can down the road. Um, and he, he designed that brilliantly. So that's the bit that I like most about being a developer to just, this is the outline. And then I watch the authors do things and they all come back with stuff that I'm like, oh, that's much better than, than what I ever could have come up with. So, so that's really exciting as a developer to just see everybody um, take their assignments and run with it and shine uh, in amazing ways. Um, and the thing that excites me most about the setting yeah, is what I said before, that you can be yourself and it's, it's, um, uh, you're accepted as you are. And um, yeah, uh, what happened at uh, one of the conventions where we ran it, uh, I was running the game for a girl and she was a woman, sorry, she was a woman. And um, she was clearly um, going through things in her life. Um, uh, but you could really see her just leaving all of that behind, like not initially, but the realm handed her solutions to those things. And then at the end, we we came to, okay, do you go back to Earth or not? And she was like, no, I'm staying. Um, and, the, and I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that touched me. That was like, if that she enjoyed being in this fictional world so much that she would, her, her fictional self would stay. Um, but, but that's the thing that I'm most excited about, that you can be yourself, but you can play around with yourself. Like if I wanted to know, um, if I wanted to change small things about myself, like maybe this never happened, what would I be like if that never happened? What would I be like if I did mm. that? And you can just follow that train of thought for a while, see where it takes you. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about the aspect that you can get, get to play yourself in a world that will absolutely accept you, you know, however you come. Yeah, I think that's it, it's, it is an interesting take because, uh, as Dixie said, a lot of a lot of our games, about most games, are about escapism of a sort, uh, where you create a new character that perfectly fits within the setting, and the idea of playing a version of yourself that perfectly fits within this setting, uh, it's almost like you are finding uh, not necessarily an ideal world for you because it's going to have its share of dangers, but a way where you can, I guess most perfectly use the skills that you have and uh, to co-opt an awful phrase, be the best you can be. Uh, it's, but it's really, uh, it's really interesting to me because I haven't played many games like it. The, I think the only one I have played that's similar is Outbreak Undead, where you, you play versions of yourselves in a zombie apocalypse. So this is very different. Yeah. So yeah, I will be interested to have a go at it. Uh, yeah, and and also that the the evil because there's danger and evil, but like uh, Darkwolf, the evil villain, uh, is gonna abduct you so that you cast his evil spells so that you potentially die instead of him. But he's not gonna tell you to smile. So you know, it's it's you you get to leave the frustrations of the real world behind. That right, he's an he's an evil bastard. But he's not a sexist, and he's not a racist, and he's not a bigot. So, so yeah, and I like that. It's um, it's a different kind of evil. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantasy, almost a purism uh, fantasy, and I I don't know. It's uh, I think it's a very exciting new setting for us to play with at Onyx Path. Uh, certainly, it will be very interesting to see how it lands. Uh, I am sure it will do well because it has a very interesting mix of features, and I think the strength of the setting alone is going to captivate a lot of people. But yeah, I uh, I guess it's a wait and see, and I hope it. I really hope it does well. I'm super excited to read it. I haven't gotten to yet, obviously, but I'm excited to uh, dig in since it came to editing pretty recently. Now I know this episode is the deep dive into legend lore. We have about five minutes left. So Steffi, is there any other project that you're working on right now that you would like to talk about, promote? Doesn't have to be Onyx Path related, but as you have uh, given us the kindness of your time, then we are certainly giving you five <laughs> minutes <laughs> to talk about something else, if you would like. Okay, so um, uh, as everyone who is on my social media knows, uh, I'm currently working on the upcoming Stargate RPG by Wyvern Gaming. I might have mentioned that a couple of hundred times because um, I had to rewatch <laughs> all of the episodes um, to oh, no, I chose wow. to rewatch all of the episodes because I wanted to make sure <laughs> I knew it was a good excuse. Okay, um, so I'm working on that. I'm really excited for it. I think they're gonna kickstart somewhere in March, probably. Um, and then uh, I have my own Patreon, uh, and um, I am this month. I'm doing a campy slashy horror because it's Halloween. Um, so, and we're going to release early um, so that people get it in time for Halloween games. So if, if campy slashy horror, uh, like American Horror Story is doing this season, is your thing, then uh, please do check it out. See if it's for you. Perfect. And you know how much I love camp <laughs> and uh, and horror and, and slashers. Yeah, you know, I, I can take or leave them, but I think they go well with the horror yeah. genre. I, I do. So I wonderful. have a serious horror game too, but this for, for Halloween, I wanted to do like 80s final girl campy. Like somebody, was a mur- somebody was murdered. You all did it. Mm-hmm. And is it set at it, a camp? Because that would be the best kind of campy. It is absolutely set at a camp, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, I think, you know what, Dixie? I think we should be sneaky here. And because we've already done our intro as part <laughs> of the deep dive, I think we should do the outro now as well. And we should actually give Eddie a much-deserved week off because he, almost every week he schedules these. Almost every week he corrals us chaotic children. Uh, speaking for myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're, you're speaking for both of us. You are absolutely correct. So so let's give him the week off and say, as well as thank you very much, Steffi, for your time, for your wonderful input here, and for exciting me about Legend Law. Thank you very much, Eddie, who will inevitably listen to this. He uh, might not, we... if we don't make him. All right. Okay. Uh, Eddie, case, if I don't hear you, back <laughs> on those changes I proposed, I'm going to assume it's a yes. <laughs> you have two weeks now to respond. Now we're going to have to Oh, you're generous with your two weeks. <laughs> that's that's how like approvals usually take. So I figured that was like an approval timeline, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Eddie, you are going to get the week off. No intro or outro for you. Instead, I'm going to say, uh, Steffi, uh, if anyone wants to find you on social media, do you have any links, any common handles that you use that uh, people might find you by? Yeah, I'm on Twitter as a hundred things I love, and a hundred is the number, so one zero zero things I love. 
Perfect. And Dixie, where might they find you? They can find me in most places as Dixie Cyanide or DixieCochran.com. And you can find me on MatthewDawkins.com or on Twitter as Clack Click Bang. You can find us on TheOnyxPath.com. Do look up The Onyx Path Discord and Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash The Onyx Path. I'll be in the show notes. Current- show notes. Look at the show notes. Yeah, you know what? Just look at the show notes, damn it. I'm not going to tell you the link. Read. Read. That's what, <sighs> you know, we, we produce these RPGs for you to look at. And mostly for the Discord. If you're sitting here going, like, the link is discord.gg and a bunch of numbers. Like, that's really annoying for you to try to write down. That's all I'm saying. Actually, that is true. That is true. Look at the show notes. But if you're looking for Twitch, you can look at the show notes for that as well. But if you're not inclined, that's fine. It is just twitch.tv slash the Onyx Path, where we are currently embroiled in character creation month. Uh, By the time this goes up, we should have had character creation for such games, including Deviant the Renegades, Scarred Lands, the Trinity Continuum, and coming up this weekend will be Scion. And coming up the weekend after, I believe, will be They Came From Beneath the Sea with some very special guests. So, Not me. That's something fun. Never a special guest. Ah, oh, you're, you're always a special guest on here. You never asked never me to host. play They Came From Beneath the Sea with you. I was, in fact, going to ask you to play that at midwinter uh, because I have sent the game details to Matt to submit to midwinter. Uh, I don't know whether he has or not, but are we running that on the Friday and the Saturday afternoon? So if you're listening, and this includes you, Dixie, and you're at midwinter on the Friday or the Saturday and uh, you want a game of They Came From Beneath the Sea, I should be running it. That's exciting. So there you go. Mm, yeah, I would, I would love to pl- run it for some Onyx Path people. That would be great fun. So yeah, uh, with that said, Any Worlds, One Half Cast.